Welcome to HBW's Over the Counter podcast. I'm David Ridley and I'll be chatting with industry experts and insiders about the latest trends, issues and intelligence in consumer healthcare. In this episode, I speak to the Global Healthcare Federation's Director of Regulatory and Scientific Affairs, Padma Jar Kamath, about the organisation's sustainability work. In 2019, GSCF published its Global Charter for Environmental Sustainability, which represented, Kamath notes, the global consumer healthcare industry's first commitment to drive sustainable self-care. Kamath updates us on the progress of the Charter, which calls on GSCF members to pledge to make progress on one or more of three key sustainability areas, plastics and packaging, pharmaceuticals in the environment and CO2 footprint. We dive a little deeper into some specific challenges within these areas, such as recyclable blister packs and supply chain emissions, with Kamath pointing also to an upcoming GSCF webinar on the latter. Hi Padma, welcome to the Over the Counter podcast. Thanks, David. Pleasure to be here. Um, could should we just begin with you introducing yourself and what you do at the GSCF and, and maybe just to remind our listeners uh, what the GSCF is? Sure. Thanks, David. Definitely. So just to give everyone an introduction, my name is Dr. Padmaja Kamath and I've worked for the Global Self-Care Federation as the Director of Regulatory Affairs uh, and Scientific Affairs, of course. And I lead or I support our members more on the topic of environmental sustainability and regulatory affairs. It's a pleasure to be here today and report on the progress that we've made as GSCF, the Secretariat, and our Environmental Sustainability Working Group, uh, which is led by our chairs, Daniela Foster from Bayer and Jurate Society from ASGP. Yeah, we, uh, we've we just spoken to uh, Daniela, actually. Um, she was talking a bit about uh, Bayer's uh, sustainability work, but she also mentioned the GSCF's work, which is part of and we've spoken to your article before. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to this, you can just have a look at the article where we link to those podcasts. Um, do you want to just say maybe a little bit more about the working group? Because um, that's quite interesting. How does that work in relation to GSCF as an organisation? And and I suppose maybe of more interest, you know, how how is it that companies are involved? It sounds like you're actually directly involving um, some of the companies in that work. Sure. So basically, David, when we started uh, the work on the charter, it was our member companies that participated to our environmental sustainability task force. At that time, it was called a task force or a working group. But then the direction from our board was that we have to be engaged in, in this area, this important area for long term. So that's how it got converted to a committee. Uh, wherein we have our association members and company members participating. Eventually, we wanted to, after the launch of the charter, where several member companies and associations have pledged in support of it, we established two task forces, one on supply chain and the other one on plastics and packaging to work on super impactful topics, focusing just on areas with most impact. And this is where the role of, you know, non-member companies, or let's put it this way, extended GSCF membership started participating. So let's say if there is a company X that's interested in one of the three areas of the charter, they could support or endorse the charter through their pledge by pledging to the charter and then join one of these task forces. 
and contribute and participate to the work. Excellent. And um, so tell us about the charter then. I mean, we've, we've written about it when it was launched. So again, we'll link to the story so you can find out more there. But uh, tell us about the charter and also you mentioned the three areas. Maybe just uh, give us an overview. Sure. Um, so back in 2021, November 2021, to be precise, um, the GSEF Charter for Environmentally Sustainable Self-Care was launched. And this was like the industry's first climate action commitment from our consumer health industry. And this was in line with, you know, the six SDGs as well. So basically, the charter gave us an instrument to drive projects and build partnerships towards evidence-based self-care products and to identify solutions to enable individuals to take better care of their health and ensure environmentally sustainable healthcare systems. So precisely in terms of the areas of the charter, there were three areas. The first one is on plastics and packaging. The second one was on pharmaceuticals in the environment. And the third one was in on CO2 footprint three areas where we can be super impactful and have tangible results and uh, solutions deployed. Excellent. Yeah. So um, maybe before we talk about where we've got to um, and and the kind of future bits, um, tell us a little bit about, for example, blister packs. I think that's for me uh, and for HPW, I think, you know, we've been reporting on this a lot and increasingly so, obviously, because it's becoming more and more of a big issue. Blister packs really seems like um, a kind of sticking point, you know, um, net zero. You can, you know, change the way that you use energy. Um, you can mm -hmm. offset, you can do all these things. But, you know, we have a we have a problem in the industry where medicines need to be kept in a very specific uh, you know kind of packaging and it's very difficult to change that isn't it have I got that right absolutely 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 David so blisters are a key challenge area for our industry uh, it's not easy it's not simple that's why we need collective action to work on it um, and we are looking basically we are looking at you know proactive solutions in light of the parameters that we have for example not to compromise on safety quality of of medication but also there are newer elements that we need to take into account while designing the future for blisters is, you know, what are the recycling systems available? What are the waste management practices that are available? So in light of all of this background statement, I would say of what we want to deliver is alongside three objectives. The first one is that we are working towards a roadmap for blisters uh, with a focus on sustainable alternatives, not only from the point of view of available solutions, but also like, you know, what are the key barriers? How do we address these key barriers that exist across, you know, the high priority markets, so to say? The second aspect is gathering insights into, you know, the global recycling streams and waste management streams. So what are the best practices? What's considered best in class? What are the challenges that we, you know, are facing and key markets where we need to address them? And a little bit knowing from the recycling industry as well, like how we can support to 
enabled this transition, to make this transition, we have been in touch with quite a lot of um, initiatives active in this area. Even if we started work on this work stream last summer, we've made considerable progress in you know, identifying the key stakeholders ranging from NGOs to industry funded initiatives that work both regionally and globally to find um, you know, technical solutions, policy solutions, strategic aspects of connecting the dots. And now we are at a phase wherein, you know, we are working with our local regional associations as well to make these connections stronger with these actors. The third part is on, you know, mapping international standards and voluntary initiatives, guidelines on recycled content to better understand how they will impact self-care products and give us like, you know, further metrics for topics such as, okay, use of non-virgin materials across product categories, especially in key markets. We, I mean, we as a task force, as GSCF, as our members, we strongly believe that this pillar, especially on ma uh, mapping international standards, will help us gather existing knowledge from adjacent industries. For example, the CPG space, they have you know, done a lot of work on this. And some of these learnings as applicable uh, can be you know, used by our industry as well. Yeah, that's a great summary. So. We've been writing, I know the GSCF obviously a global organization and you have um you have the ASGP to cover Europe in in mm -hmm. particular. But just from our I suppose from our experience and knowledge base, you know, you the European Union is um is significantly um you know kind of um building out, I suppose, its regulatory frameworks when it comes to the, the Green Deal. Um, mm -hmm. and it's working on packaging at the moment. Um, so I suppose on the one hand, you know, you we are reaching this phase of regulation now, aren't we? Which is, mm -hmm. which is kind of important. And I suppose one of the concerns that we've seen coming back from industry is maybe the timescales. So, you know, it's a difficult thing where you've got governments wanting to take action and, and you know, citizens want to see governments taking action. And then you sh it needs to be done in a, in a kind of significant and um, holistic way. Um, and then companies also, but then, you know, that maybe those those timelines don't always work out well because it has to be possible at the same time. And I think this is a point made in, in particular with blister packs. You know, I'm sure that companies would love to change the blister packs right now if they could. But the fact is that as far as I'm aware, there isn't uh, an alternative. So how, how do you see that? You know, the timelines are difficult, aren't they? Exactly. The timelines are difficult. We are, you know, actively working with engaging with stakeholders to, you know, work towards solutions that are deployable, that can be made at large scale. So we want to reach a scale wherein, you know, the future solutions that exist are are there for long term and we don't, you know, invest into transient solutions that the market or, you know, the consumer aspects would then cement on. But then also, like you pointed out earlier, there's no point in having an alternative that then can't be recycled. You know, it's not exactly. actually in, in control of the companies what happens to the to the packs when they reach consumers, is it? 
Exactly. So for that, on that front, it's critically important that we have, you know, consumer awareness campaigns as well. So once collectively we've agreed on what the solutions could look like and what would the path they would take uh, in terms of recycling, then would be the next part on investing in consumer awareness. Like, you know, as, as a consumer, where do I take my empty blisters and how do I recycle them and which stream do I put them into? How would the take back look like so all of these aspects are critically important we are still trying to wrap our minds around it so i would just say stay tuned we would come back with more uh, more on this topic but of course the point is and this is why you know collective action is required in some of these areas is um you know the facilities to actually recycle things you know in the home i mean ideally you don't want consumers to have to go somewhere to go and recycle their blister packs you know you can spend all day long at the moment going to various shops to take very specific parts of your um, consumer life back to be recycle cutting um, so that's you know that really is a kind of social governmental aspect of this problem isn't it exactly exactly so i think one of the one of the key topics that we want to work towards is to build innovative partnerships at a global scale with brand owners, with retailers, governments, consumer organizations, so that, you know, all the dots are connected. And then um, as much as possible in, in existing infrastructure uh, is taken into account and, you know, an ecosystem is built around what exists today so that life of consumers is made easier. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Counter so far. Don't forget to follow Pharma Intelligence Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify and TuneIn. Also check out HBW Insight at hbw.pharmaintelligence.informa.com for all the latest health, beauty and wellness news and intelligence. Keep listening. This episode continues now. So talking about consumers, um, you know, we can move into the, the kind of scope three aspects of um, of uh, the transition. Very difficult. This is another kind of sticking point, I think. Um, you can do the easy stuff, um, you know, decarbonizing your actual production, your facilities. Um, but then actually you've got all of these other emissions, haven't you, around your the productive part on the one hand, the consumers, but then also your suppliers. How difficult is that, do you think, um, to to actually firstly really kind of openly take that into account when you're talking about your uh, actual environmental fr- footprint, but then also trying to encourage all of these other stakeholders, which are, who are actually independent to your company, to get them to actually sign up as well? I I think you've raised a very good point, David. So basically, you know, carbon emissions is one part, especially the scope three emissions where no one company or no one sector can work on its own because in the end, it's the supply chain, the supplier organizations that also have to be involved uh, that impact, you know, uh, the scope three emissions. So basically in this space, what we have found is that there are several leading organizations that have already worked and have already generated 
guidance and um, you know uh, have guidelines or have kind of you know wrap their minds around it so what we have done in particular is that we have mapped all of these platforms and guidances that exist and then tried to create something really very simple. So a common criteria document. So, for example, if a supplier is used by organization X, Y and Z, all three of them, we encourage them to ask the same questions to the suppliers to kind of map where the supplier is. And then guidance also to the suppliers on how to answer these questions because the data gathering calculations metrics could be different. And then uh, eventually, you know, some some aspects on how to, you know, gather all of this data, how to calculate, because this is a very complicated space. Um, with several metrics and tools available. So our aim is really to help standardize some of the data and equip GSCF extended membership because there are smaller OTC manufacturers as well and smaller suppliers as well with the toolkit so that we have a community using you know, this toolkit. So to this, it brings me to one of the points that we would disseminate this toolkit that we've developed, um, which is built on, you know, incorporating uh, state-of-the-art principles in a comprehensible way. Uh, and we are organizing a webinar on the 10th of May to disseminate this toolkit on the resources that we've created and with, you know, leading organizations that exist in this space to kind of lead the way into a sustainable supply chain. That sounds great. Yeah, and we'll um, we'll drop a link to that in the in the story when within which this podcast is is published, and obviously we'll hopefully cover that as well. Um, this is you just pointed to an interesting thing there as well. I, I think that that I've come up against, especially maybe earlier on when you had a lot of strategies being published by companies, was the reporting frameworks. And I think I noticed this, and then it was discussed. Sometimes there are you know, maybe four or five different uh, frameworks or initiatives or organizations, you know, that companies have signed up to that, that all measure maybe an aspect of what they're doing or the whole thing in a different way. And then, of course, you've got the kind of larger frameworks like um, uh, the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, and then the science-based targets. It must be very confusing. I mean, it's confusing even just writing about it, but actually having to somehow incorporate all of this in a in a company strategy just sounds like an almost impossible test to me. It, it was, it was, and trust me, the working group has significantly invested quite a lot of time in understanding and putting into perspective what these leading organizations or platforms have done. Uh, so initially, the scope of this group was really CO2 footprint. But then when we started having these discussions about these common questionnaires or common guidances, there was a topic raised that, hey, we would end up solving maybe this problem and, you know, making it more comprehensive but there are adjacent areas, for example, you know, on packaging or, um, you know, water resources being used or human rights. So maybe it would make sense to incorporate these aspects as well into the guidance so that we now have a holistic tool uh, that the suppliers and OTC manufacturers can use. Excellent. Yeah, it'd be really good to um, to get into that sort of stuff more with, with GSCF's um, webinar and tool that you're putting out there. So, so just to talk about the um, charter now. So you've so you've launched the charter and you've had lots of 
um, associations and, as you say, extended GSCF members, so companies large and small, pledging. Um, so, what how, how what other kind of numbers are we talking here? Are we, are we talking a lot of pledges? Um, you know, is there a lot more that you need to get? And then what happens now? You, you know, you've got pledges. What do you do after you've made a pledge? Um, so thanks, David. So currently we stand at 14 association members that have pledged and almost 10 company members. Uh, you will see in the coming days there are some more pledges that would be updated onto our website as well. But I think uniquely looking at this part of the charter, this is the most urgent and important part because we absolutely want more trade associations and companies to be a part of this conversation and to work proactively together. So I just want to highlight it's not only about, you know, pulling in resources and collectively, uh, you know, doing things, but it's also the collective thinking, the collective creativity about where we want to go as an industry across the work streams. So and we are completely aware that, you know, every company or every association depending on their realities and their journey on environment are at different phases we so that's why we are you know and that's okay that's completely normal so this is why we are flexible so organizations can decide to commit to one or more areas of the charter depending on where they are and I think this is pledging is an important part because pledging to the charter ensures that the sector's journey is completely represented within, uh, you know, the GSCF work and the work stream. So the more organizations pledge, the more we can tailor make our projects and define our projects better to cater to the needs of these pledging organizations. And once uh, an organization has pledged to the charter, we can then, you know, kind of right now we have these two topics that are being worked on. So we can involve them more on these blister packs and the supply chain task forces and maybe potentially in future define more impactful projects that are, you know, in line with their needs. And I suppose we should just clarify that, um, you know, when when you're talking about the associations, you know, these are nation state or um, trade associations, know, but also, you know, regional. So you've got the ASGP. Exactly. For example. So the number of companies is actually much bigger if you take into account that exactly. they, the mem they tend to be members of their local association. Exactly. So these could be regional trade associations, country specific trade associations. Um, yeah, all of these pledges are publicly available on our website. So I would, you know, invite the audience as well to take a look, because like I said, uh, it is completely representational of their journey. They can choose to, you know, support one or more areas of the charter, depending on where they are. What kind of um, a difference has the charter made? So what impact has it had on the industry would you say uh, since launching in 2021? So basically, um, David, after the launch of the charter, we've been able to establish a common platform for stakeholders to work together um, and, you know, look at sustainability from a more holistic angle, have more in-depth conversations with our members and external stakeholders to drive, you know, more tangible targets and, and results. And also, uh, you know, by receiving pledges from our broader membership, we've been able to understand better um, and define projects that can be helpful across regions. We have a very diverse membership with, you know, different us and their pledges 
have kind of reflected that there cannot be one size fits all solution. Lastly, I would like to highlight that during and post launch, we have also heard from leading organizations like WHO, OECD, UNEP of how important health is at the center of all the environmental challenges, which is also, you know, uh, aligned with GSCF's approach that, you know, where environment is a social determinant of health. Great. Okay, so hopefully we'll have some more um, some more pledges. So apart from more pledges, we've got the webinar. Um, what what else is coming up then for this particular area of GSCF work? So in terms of blisters, again, I would like uh, you know to have more support on this work, more participation, especially from company members um, in across the extended GSCF membership, because we will continue to work on the roadmap, work alongside stakeholders who are developing technical solutions, who are developing waste management practices, recycling solutions. Uh, so I think we would what we would want is more engagement so that you know we can map more regions and you know uh, contribute to the global best practices on this space as well okay great well i think that was a really uh, interesting and wide-ranging discussion obviously like i said we're going to keep following um, what the gsf are doing and also um you know the gscf world congress is is coming up later in the year as well i'm sure there'll be a discussion about this there as well so uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, Padma. Thanks very much, David. And just as a call, if companies or associations are interested in pledging, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us. Um, my email address and phone number, etc., are quite easily available on the GSCF website. We are happy to have more actors participate to this discussion. Thanks again. And of course, uh, I'll see you at the ASGP uh, annual meeting next month. Definitely. Looking forward to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Over the Counter. Listen out for more episodes every two weeks and check out the further reading section of the article published on hbw.farmerintelligence.informer.com for related news and intelligence. And don't forget to follow, share and comment on Farmer Intelligence Podcasts on the platform of your choice. See you next time.